0: God, we we acknowledge Lord, your name is excellent. Every time I hear that phrase, God, I think of a teacher writing at the top of their student's page when they have exceeded expectations. They might write A plus and say excellent. In your name, excellent is written all over the earth. How amazing God, that you are excellent. And that excellence isn't just for us to worship here in Nashville at Strong Tower this morning, but your excellence goes around the world as your glory shines on all people. What an honor for us to be a part of that beautiful concert today. Your name is excellent, God. We reverence you. And God, as I stand before your people today and I stand before our virtual friends, I pray, God, that the excellence of your name would be carried through the words that I speak. Lord, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would have your way. God, I know that you have more in store for us here in 2024. You still have us here for a reason, God, and we wanna fulfill your grand purposes. So use me today. May we all be built up together in this most holy faith. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. 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 Thank you so much, worship team. It's such an honor to be a part of the wonderful worship work of this church. And, And it's always so unique to be blessed by that ministry and washed anew as I come before you to share the word because it's a reminder of how powerful it is for worship to go before the word, that we proclaim the word, that we don't now have the word, that the word has already gone forth in our worship and in the words that God has given you all to proclaim through song. This is Strong Tower Bible Church, and so the word of God goes forth in song. The word, this message has already gone forth, Miss Janice, you proclaimed it in Ephesians 3 about being rooted in faith and to watch, you know, the families, um, this next generation take their faith public um, has just done my heart so good, and it's just a reminder of the beauty of connectedness. So really, I don't have to preach, but I did prepare a word, and you know, it's well, it's eleven it's twenty-five, so you know, we've still got some time before church ends. So I'm just going to go ahead and give you the words that God has given for me to share today. You know, we're in a new year, just two weeks in. And for some of us, this new year, it's like, let's go. I'm ready. All right. For others of us, I acknowledge it's like, oh, Lord, what am I still here for? What in the world is happening? Um, as I was pondering the subject, I thought about my life season and the new leadership lanes that God has called me on that I couldn't have acknowledged this time last year. I couldn't have imagined. Um, I'm continuing to be a part of some boards that are doing great and powerful work here at home and abroad and also in the writing communities that I'm a part of. God is, has allowed me to say yes to some wonderful leadership opportunities to proclaim him in, in those lanes. and. And then here at Strong Tower, you all have walked with me and Pastor Felicia and Pastor Jewel in this beautiful new season of expanding God's first kingdom and, and empowering um, the three of us and others who God will call in time to come um, in this pastoral role and saying yes to um, this opportunity to continue the good work of Strong Tower as pastor of belonging and reminding all of us that we are a part of a big picture. We are one piece of the puzzle. And just like when you do puzzles at home and there's a piece that's missing and it's just not complete, you are a piece of the puzzle of Strong Tower. And I'm excited about what God is already um, unearthing, and preparing all of us for. So that's a new leadership lane. I had no idea at the beginning of 2023 that I would be here, but that's the good work that God does. And then maybe the new role that I'm, if I'm gonna be honest, most excited about. Um, some of you may have seen on social media this week, but it was finally announced, the secret that our family has been holding for a few weeks, that I, I'm becoming a grandmother. <laughs> yes, Dante and Aaron announced to the world this week that they are expecting and yeah. again seeing these generations Watching their grandchildren and, and, you know, having walked with Colby and and your family and Nate for years and how God brought these precious children into your family and and seeing Emmy's faith continue to flourish. And it is so precious to me to think of the humble opportunities full of joy. Everything has changed. Everything has changed now that there's a grandchild on the way everything. And Joyce, there's a lot of witnesses in here, a lot of you who've been modeling for me, and I'm excited about walking that out. But that's going to require a lot of faith. Because I think of Timothy and how Paul said that he saw that genuine faith that Timothy had, but he first saw it in his grandmother Eunice and then in his mother Lois. And I want to take the genuine faith that God has given me and pass it down to the next generation. And so as Chris and I talked about this sermon series, and he said, I would love for you to take this this Sunday, and talk about more faith. I was like, oh, that sounds great. I, I know a lot about faith. And then it was like, oh, because uh, Tarina needs a lot more faith. And I know I'm not alone. In this new year, some of you have new faith opportunities that you could not have imagined. Some of our families have a child in college now, and some of you are saying, amen. Ooh, that's a journey of faith, because our child that we've raised close is now afar, and we are having to trust God in this new season. Some of you have new jobs. There are new babies coming and being brought into families, new relationships. Some of us are walking through new diagnoses, new complications, and new hardships, And so I know I'm not alone in this need for more faith. Now, before we dive into our topic, of course, it's important to define as if we really needed to define faith. But I wanted to just throw out a few definitions. Oxford Languages says faith is complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Merriam-Webster Dictionary says, faith almost always implies certitude even when there is no evidence or proof. Okay, those are are pretty deep, deep definitions there. As Christians, we understand, and I, I believe that most of you in here under the sound of my voice and those of you who are joining us online, live, and who will watch this in time to come, understand faith is our foundation. Like, It's the avenue by which we come to Christ, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it's by grace that we're saved through faith. So literally, saving faith is, is the avenue, is the road that we come to Jesus on. And then faith is, is, a, is a work of the Holy Spirit. Faithfulness It's one of the fruits that he produces in our lives. And, you know, faithfulness is is this idea of being steadfast and loyal. And I love how God is called faithful all through Scripture, that his faithfulness endures to all generations. Hallelujah. And we saw that evidence today that that faithfulness continues on. And so we see faith in Scripture. It's the foundation of our relationship with Christ. And then we see faithfulness as a fruit of the Spirit. And then also there's there's this gift of faith. As 1 Corinthians 12 uh, sort of describes us, this list of all these gifts, these outpourings that the Holy Spirit gives to each of us as believers. Some of us have a specific gift of faith that we have, okay? But I have to acknowledge, brothers and sisters, that for some of us, faith is like, I've got it and... It's just kind of in my back pocket, and I'll pull it out when I need it. Otherwise, God, I'm all right. Because we live in a culture that continues to feed to us self-reliance, that you've got it, that you make your way. And don't let us get a little bit of education or a little bit of money or a little bit of, of esteem. Then, unfortunately, faith becomes even more complicated because It's even easier for us to rely on ourselves. Some of us have stopped in our faith journey. We're not progressing. We've been on pause for years. Some of us think faith is is like when Chris and I went on vacation last year, we finally got to fulfill a bucket list dream of ours. We've always wanted to go to the Turks and Caicos Islands. We're determined that we're not going to cross the eternity. until so there's a few things we've accomplished, if God wills. And one of them was to visit that place. And we enjoyed ourselves to the full. Sat on the beach with the palm trees and the beautiful, beautiful water and sipped our daiquiris. That's a vacation, brothers and sisters, but that's not faith sitting and chilling, and God's just doing everything, and I'm just doing nothing. We're going to find out today that faith is going to require some active work that's biblical. But some of us have also ascribed to faith like it's a magic wand. Now, I grew up loving fairy tales, and my girls told me that I raised them on fairy tales because after all, those two-hour movies were perfect priming for doing hair let them stay focused for a long time. So, we watched a lot of movies where there were magic wands, and some of us have, have assumed faith was all I have to do is wave a wand and ding, and I get what I want. It's kind of cool, this whole faith thing. That, that's, that's a fairy tale. But that, that's not faith. And I think that's also very unique to this Western context. As we're sitting in a building that's warm, I believe most of you came to church with coats. You had some choices of food that you could eat, whether you did so or not. But here at home for some of our neighbors and our neighbors across the world, that's not what faith looks like, right? So I think it's really critically important for us, wherever we are in our faith journey, whether you have just begun your walk with Christ or whether you've walked with him for decades, there is more in store. And our main point today is in regard to your faith, there is more in store. If there's anything I want you to take away today, I hope that this message on faith will drive you back to the word of God, will drive you to go and look At so many stories through the Gospels, through the Old Testament, through the epistles that Paul and Peter and the other writers wrote of saints of old who endured, whose faith didn't look like I have a new this and a new that. Sometimes faith does give us wonderful gifts, but also faith might look like not getting what we prayed for. That also is faith. We see that in the Word of God. Now, I'm a storyteller. I write children's books. I love the parable route, rich and simple. And so I have an acronym for you today. And I want you to just take these letters and speak them over yourselves. And maybe more importantly, easily share them with other people, okay? So we're going to take F, A, I, T, and H. We're gonna explore that faith is focused. We're gonna see faith is active. We're gonna see faith is interconnected. We're gonna see that faith is tested. I'll tell you, that's the part most of us don't like. That's the part we're like, can we not look at that part of scripture? Can we kinda shade that one to the side? I like the whole pray and believe and I get some great things and I see God's power move. I don't know if I like that whole tested part. But it's in the Word. And this is Strong Tower Bible Church. So we are going to focus some on that T of faith being tested. And then we're going to end up focusing on faith being hopeful. All right? So let's start with the F. Faith is focused. Look at this scripture from Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God? For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Brothers and sisters, some of us have started this new year, and on our socials, and on our other formats that we look at, we're seeing people with their word and with their goals, and we saw their highlight reel about all the things that's happening in their lives. And some of us are restless. And truthfully, let's just name it. Some of us just need to get a focus on our faith, because when we spend a lot of time looking at what's going on in other people's lives, It can be hard for us to keep our focus. And this passage reminds us that we're to keep our focus fixed on Jesus. Now, I love that he's called the author and the finisher of our faith. So literally, he's the one that scribed our lives, our whole story. And he's the one that finishes it. So that can give you great freedom. You don't have to focus on what God is doing in somebody else's life and compare your story to theirs. If your focus is on Jesus, the author, then you can trust him with what he's writing in your life. Your friends are crushing it. You can cheer them on because you know, I may not see yet what God has for me, but that's where my faith has the opportunity to be focused. We also, brothers and sisters, focus on hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17 reminds us, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What are you listening to? Is the only time you're diving into this word when you hear on Sundays and then you don't open up your Bible app? And I'm a big fan of the Bible app. I love being able to read the Bible and other scriptures. I love being able to listen to the Bible. We have so many tools today. We can listen to people read it in this dialect or in this language We can watch the Bible. We can listen on the go with our families, as well as open up our copy, and probably most of us have more than one. Are you listening? What are you taking in? What's feeding you? Now, I love Oreo cookies. I do. I probably only need to eat one, maybe two at a time. That's hard. That's why I don't buy them, because... My kids like them, but I like them the most in the home. That means if they're gone, then I know I ate them all, and that doesn't make me feel good. But if I went past that one or two and I ate the whole bag, that would feel good for about 30 seconds at my age. And then quickly after that, my body would let me know, oh, that was not a good idea. Because that is not supposed to be your diet consistency as Oreo cookies. I see a witness back here. What are we feeding ourselves? What does our diet consist of? There's lots of voices out there, lots of echo chambers, but faith comes by hearing the word of God. And that's an ongoing listening, listening to what God has to say. His word is a treasure. What are you taking in? We need to be focused on hearing the word of God, focused on Jesus, and then focused on walking by faith. This is what Hebrews 11 gives us a beautiful art gallery of wonderful men and women who walked by faith. By focusing on how God is leading me, I won't limit myself to trying to imitate other people's walk of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says that we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So that first The F of faith is focus, get our focus back. You know, once I joined Progressive Lenses World, before that, um, I could see my eyes still worked, But I, I realized, it's been a few years now, I realized that I was squinting a lot. Those eye muscles were working extra hard. And then it dawned on me, I'm working harder than I have to. All I need to do at that time, now we've advanced, was get a little reader. I just need a little bit of help. Not a lot, just a 1.25, a little bit bit of help. And it was amazing to me, like a whole new world when I put those readers on that I didn't have to work as hard. Those glasses helped me out. And so brothers and sisters, God has given us faith. Use it. Get your focus back. As we've begun this new year, faith seems crazy, but it's supposed to be crazy. It's supposed to be countercultural because we're not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so it seems crazy that we fix our eyes, not on this black chair that's in front of me that I can see with my progressive lens, but we literally fix our focus on what we can't see, but we follow Jesus. We haven't seen him. We trust in God who we haven't seen with our own eyes. So embrace and understand that faith seems crazy to people who don't share it. But That's why it's so powerful. That's why it's so countercultural. So F, focus. The A, faith is active. Now you might just want to you know, move around in, a, in your seat for just a minute in case you've got a little too comfortable because we, we might be getting a little, little agitation going on here, but it's good. This is good for us, okay? Let's turn to James chapter 2. James, the brother of Christ, the writer of Hebrews and the writer of, of James. James, we don't know for sure who wrote Hebrews, but they are both written to largely Jewish audiences, Jewish converts. Who had come to faith in Jesus and the church was new. And so these, these writings had gone out to these believers. And and in the case of, of of Hebrews, you know, they're dispersed and 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 all of these other you know sects have come in, and so they're struggling with do I stay committed to to Jesus being the way, or do I go back to Judaism? Do I go follow this person? I don't know. Countercultural, this whole Jesus way. And so to this audience of, of largely Jewish believers, the, the primary audience that the book was written to, you and us as secondary, comes these powerful truths. James 2, verse 14. Ooh, it's about to be on, brothers and sisters. James says, what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. (laughs) Call it like it is. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. I'm thankful for the good work that our church has done for 28 years. That work has looked like different things over the years, and many of you have joined that good work in many ways. You know, we're preparing food to give to our neighbors in need every month. We're donating clothing Many of us are doing many other things that may not be connected to this church, but you're ministering in this community. You're ministering in the communities that you live in. Those of you who are joining us virtually, we're doing good works that go forth around the world. Faith is supposed to be active. And when I scan Hebrews 11, I went through this week and just underlined, there are a lot of verbs. Noah did this, Abel did this, Rahab did this, Abraham did this. It is full of action, 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 action. And I was like, wow, faith is not just, I have faith. I have faith, you see my badge? I have faith. Faith is supposed to be doing something. And James calls it straight up. You say you have faith, that's great. How are you showing it? What are you doing to demonstrate your faith. This has been the story of Christians from day one. We look at Acts 2. They were selling property and giving to those in need. You know, we see through early Christianity, faith showed up in taking care of widows, taking care of orphans. We see in our modern age that the work of faith flourishes in beautiful ways around the world. And this is a reminder to some of us who want our faith to just be about the word of God and the knowledge that we have. Faith is supposed to be showing up in what we do. Faith is supposed to be active. It's not only about the size of our work, but it's also the size of our faith. And some of you might say, Sister Dorina, I don't have a lot of faith. Now, sometimes when we say that we're comparing that to someone else, whose faith we think is great. And again, we have to check ourselves. How do we define what is great faith? What is small faith? The balance in that, Jesus talked a lot about mustard seed faith. And a mustard seed is very small. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't interact with mustard seeds a lot. In Jesus' Middle Eastern audience, they understood that. But mustard seed to me is like the thing I sprinkle sometimes when I cook, right? But... It's very, very small. If you dropped a mustard seed in this carpet, you couldn't even see it. But Jesus told his audience all through the Gospels, if they had a faith the size of a mustard seed, what could they do? Amazing things. So if you feel like your faith is not huge, first of all, acknowledge if you're comparing it to someone else's faith. And then remember that that tiny faith, it may not seem large, But even if it's the size of a mustard seed, that is still active because God can do great things with even a small measure of faith. So F, faith is focused. A, faith is active. Then we get to the I. Faith is interconnected. In other words, faith is not just private and personal. Faith is communal. Now, I told y'all we're getting a little uncomfortable because for some of us who like me, myself, and I company, this is a challenge. But this is our Christian faith. And this is a reminder for us in the beginning of the year where we set all those resolutions and, all right, I need to come back to church. You are welcome. We want you to be here. We want to prepare. And I can speak for the staff and the leaders of this church. We want this place to be welcoming, a place where you feel you belong, a place where you can find how you can serve. But we're supposed to be connected, brothers and sisters. This faith is not about solitude, about me doing it over here all by myself. Let's look at Hebrews 11. Verse 39 says, and all these, this long list of beautiful image bearers, men and women of old, all these people having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And then I'm going to read on into chapter 12, verse 1, and we'll touch on this in a bit, but it says, Therefore also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, That's an analogy. It's like at a sporting event when there's the crowd in the stands. That's the the crowd of witnesses. It's, It's a heavenly cloud of witnesses that that verse is speaking of, but they are cheering us on, and they are an example for us in this interconnectedness that it's not even just about the people that we see like right here or those of you who are joining us virtually, but this story and this interconnectedness praise God, it goes way back. It goes back to those saints of old who endured. In Hebrews 11, man, families, I would invite you to go read that with your families this week. Read it in a few different versions. Read the message version. It reads like a dramatic act because these folks went through a lot. They believed God for some powerful things, but also included in there are some people who went through Some very difficult things that many of us would never want to choose. But we are connected with them. And this passage says that some of them didn't receive all the things that were promised to them. They crossed into eternity. But it was because... There is an interconnectedness of us with them. So we all are ha- this faith journey together, believing God for what we're all going to receive in glory. And so there's this connectedness of us with them, that what they believe for, they cross into eternity. We're believing. And one day we will cross into eternity. And it's all made perfect together. And it's a reminder for us. where it's so easy for us to want our faith to be so private and personal. And it's such a Western thing. We talk about Jesus being our personal savior. And yes, Jesus is for me. Jesus is for Dorina I'm so grateful that he cares about me. But he doesn't just care about me. So we are a part of a bigger story. We're connected through time. Our faith is connected around the world. And we do well to remember that we are connected to brothers and sisters across the world. And today we have even more opportunities to flourish in that interconnectedness through the power of social media, through our digital age. We have people who watch this service from around the world. How beautiful, Jewel, that we get to connect with them all over. And it reminds us that this isn't just for us. Proximity is irreplaceable, and so some of us, the challenge is that our rhythms of solitude need to be balanced with our need for community. Faith is formed when we're part of community. We get to learn diversely when we're part of the body together. I am so grateful that I'm getting to learn from Indian American brothers and sisters, I have Korean American brothers and sisters, people who have walked through beautiful seasons and chapters of their life, their cultures, their stories, it enriches me because it reminds me that my African-American story that I know well is beautiful, but it's also connected to theirs and it's connected to yours and it's connected to yours and yours, but we miss that if we're siloed by ourselves. So, here at Strong Tower, I want to remind you that you are, as I said earlier, a piece of the puzzle. It's not complete without you. We don't want you just to be comfortable coming to church and leaving. How does church contribute to you? I know it contributes in powerful ways. But then I also want you to ask yourself how do you contribute to church? So, we're interconnected, brothers and sisters. So, faith is focused, faith is active. Faith is interconnected. Faith is also tested. And as I read in the word this week, I want us to focus on James 1, 1 through 4. James, a bondservant of God. How beautiful that the brother of Jesus would say that he's a bondservant of God. And of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but that patience have its perfect work, that you may become perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Peter also tells us that we rejoice even as we're grieved by trials because those trials are being tested by fire and it's allowing our faith to become more precious than gold. I don't know what student, well, maybe some of you, some of y'all real smart people like tests, but I'm going to speak for myself. When I was in school, I didn't like tests. I wasn't like, oh, great, we're going to have a test today. I'm so excited. I don't know many students who are excited about tests. And I want to acknowledge, brothers and sisters, that some of us have walked into this new year. Some of us 2023 in and of itself was a great test. You might title 2023 the great test. And the test didn't end. But this is where we have the beauty when we are in the word of God to be reminded that we're not the only one that's walking through tests. Because the writer of James, the writer of Peter, even the writer of Hebrews wanted to remind us. And again, why we need to be in the word back to being focused, because we get to go into the Word and read of folks who were sawn into, folks who shut the mouths of lions, but folks who were stoned, who were shipwrecked. And then we can go into our American history or our world history and read about brothers and sisters who shared our faith, who have endured unthinkable things, And that doesn't mean I compare my trial and I compare theirs and like we do, you know, whose trial is worse? Well, I stubbed my toe. Well, I had this happen, so mine is more than yours. That's not what it is. It's about having an eternal perspective so that when we look at our test, we can say, okay, God, I'm in a test. But as Peter was reminding that audience and as the writer of Hebrews and James were reminding their audiences, when we think about in light of eternity... It's a momentary affliction. It's not going to last forever. And my heart is heavy because I know that some of you here on the sound of our voice are enduring, enduring tests. The beauty of interconnectedness is you don't have to endure those tests by yourself. You can have brothers and sisters who pray for you. Sometimes we need somebody else to believe God for us honestly when we don't even have enough faith for ourselves. We got to walk through that with my sister many, many years ago. Seems like a lifetime ago. But when she was given the gift of pregnancy after years of hardship and loss and pain. And then she got pregnant. And she did not have faith to believe that pregnancy would endure because her pregnancies never had. And I didn't judge that. I understood. She didn't. It was like, how do I believe God that I will make it through this pregnancy because I haven't before? Every time I've been pregnant, it's ended in loss. And God specifically put in my spirit and reminded me of the, the friends who brought that, that person that was paralyzed to Jesus. Amen. And they couldn't, they couldn't get through the crowd because so many people in the house. And so what did they do? They didn't turn away. They said, well, we getting him to Jesus. Here, what are we going to do? Somebody came up with the idea. We're going to cut a hole in the roof and bring our friend down to Jesus. Because we know that if we can just get our friend to Jesus, that he can be healed. Sometimes Jesus healed people because they had great faith. But in this instance, Jesus saw their faith. We don't even know what faith that person that was paralyzed head we, maybe he had great faith too but the work was theirs to do and for some of us this message may not even be about your own faith it may be that God has giving you the grand opportunity to have faith for somebody else and be somebody that will cut a hole and bring that person down before Jesus and so those of you whose faith is being tested you are not alone go before the word of God Get some good history books. Read about brothers and sisters who have endured unthinkable things and be strengthened in your faith and have the long game of eternity that it's momentary. It won't last forever. So faith is focused. Faith is active. Faith is interconnected. Faith is tested. And then finally, brothers and sisters, faith is hopeful. You know this scripture from Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, back to the crazy. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I don't see it, but that's what faith is. It seems crazy, and it is, but that's what faith is. But faith is hopeful because we're hoping for something that we haven't seen yet. Later on in Hebrews, the writer says that these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were assured of them, embraced them, and were confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Again, there's that theme that I don't like to read, that they died not having received what they were hoping for. but They didn't give up hope. And this is a word for us in a day where it's crazy. We're going into an election year. God help us again and again and again as God has helped us throughout all generations lest we get that, oh, it's so terrible now. When was it not terrible? When have we not had to endure? When have we not had to stand and have a testimony? It's not like things have been great and easy to be a Christian and all of a sudden now it's become difficult. It's always been hard. It's always been countercultural to follow a God that we can't see. It's always been countercultural to believe God for things that seem impossible. Amen. When people would tell you, you can't be that. You can't do that. You don't come from a family that has done that. You don't have a pedigree to do that. That's what faith is, brothers and sisters. And I want to encourage myself and encourage you today and encourage you on the sound of our voice. This it's the size of a mustard seed, that's good enough for God. Don't compare yours to someone else's. They may have the gift of faith. We all can enter into saving faith. They may have the gift of faith, and that may look different in their lives. But again, the F, it's a cycle, because that hope brings us back to focusing, focusing on Jesus, the author, the one who's writing the story, and the one who finishes the story. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Bow your heads with me. God, as we go into Martin Luther King Day tomorrow, remember Dr. King saying to us that faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. God, we close our eyes, and in our eyes being closed, we focus on you. We focus on a God who we have not seen but yet trust in. And we declare that our focus and our hope is in you. God, whatever the takeaway today from my brothers and sisters, Lord, whether it was to get their focus back, back on your word, back on Jesus, Lord, whether it was to get active again or to renew their activity or be strengthened in the activity of faith being paired with work, Lord, whether it was a a, a takeaway that I can't be by myself. I can't deny the need to be connected in community with my brothers and sisters locally and abroad and through history. Lord, whether it was a takeaway of strength for those whose faith is being tested or preparation for a test to come, Lord, we rest in hope. We rest in trust in a God that we don't see because you are faithful to us we rest in you because you are faithful your faithfulness endures god show us your faithfulness give us the grace to trust you by faith whether it's a mustard seed faith or it's a faith that fills the rooms god wherever our measure of faith is today we place it in you we trust you Thank you for the good work that you are doing and will continue to do until the day of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, brothers and sisters.